This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Thanks for checking out 90 for Chill, the podcast, and this is where I give my weekly content layout, context layout, trigger warnings, what have you. And you know what? I think the only thing that could be wrong with this episode is I might be a little too harsh on the Ramones, and I immediately refute that statement. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Thanks for checking out 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth. You can follow what I'm watching at Letterboxd. The username is CMDarth. And you can follow me on Twitter. That's where I like to get all my complaints, preferably. The username there is at CatBusRuss. And if you need to fill your home with the dulcet tones of myself, you can ask your Amazon Echo or your Google Nest device, Play Podcast by Russ Stevens, and that should fill the room's with my charisma dare i say and hopefully i have that charisma because this is essentially going to be an opening act for next week's podcast so i'm going to uh review a bunch of rock and roll themed movies i guess you could say that about the uh walk hard the dewey cox story since you know johnny cash is a rocker let's just face it and i would like to think that john c Riley's the same but we'll also so I'll just say it. We're going to focus on comedy. That's just my vibe. So we'll uh, go to Top Secret, where I'm still trying to figure out if Val Kilmer's the vocalist on those old surfer rock songs. And the Roger Corman-produced classic, Rock and Roll High School. And that's where, as I say, I'm going to might be a little harsh on the Ramones. It's definitely a story. I think that could have probably been ironed out more. But more importantly, the Rock and Roll... I'm sorry. The Ramones... I don't really think have that grand influence. I think it's just more of a, I mean, you know, it's just like they were the punks. They were the look. And, you know, give me the British stuff. So with that said, I'll also throw in my review for London Town where we go and DFI Joe Strummer. So, but next week, the podcast is going to be the poetic critic and Rambling Ronnie from Rambling Ronnie podcast to discuss this is Spinal Tap. So that was a lot of fun. It's in the can already. With that said, if you want to be on the next episode uh, where I expect to have a guest, uh, that'll be the 22nd. So we got to get that recorded by the 21st. This is November. And if you want to do that, just send an email to russthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-07 at gmail.com with a movie theme, director, and actor. Try to make it under 100 minutes, but... I can do with whatever, and now on to the show. Boy, you looking at? Sometimes I want you to listen to me. Hey, so come on, I'm curious. The Clash. Huh? <laughs> you look good with black hair. Nice strummer. It's handsome looking, devil, ain't he? Since I wake up. Who do you like 
London. Believe Wansford. You mad? No child of mine is going to live in a bloody squat with a bunch of hippies. We've got an obligation. The clash has to tell people to wake up. Wake the bloody hell up, people! Especially when you're well off, know it or not. London town ends up being a nice little... kind of wish I had that trauma early on. I know, it's something you shouldn't. But it's a fun... London town's a fun uh, film. Uh, try, paying homage to Joe Stromer's legacy and The Clash. It's adequately directed. The uh, music numbers look great. I love the politics. And it's kind of sad, especially since this was released right after the Brexit vote. And you realize we really kind of need to listen to bands like The Clash to get over our identity politics and racism, I suppose. It's sad to see the motherland be just as bad off as the states were. And, you know, since I have Boris Johnson, probably going to stay that way for a while. I don't know. That's just a political rant. I'm partial to the music. Now, I do applaud the great acting from our uh, cast of Daniel Huddleston as Shay, a kid who's resentful of his dad, making him learn classical music in Wanstead, England, and bad-mouthing his mom, who's still trying to pursue a music career in London. Uh, After a piano-moving accident leaves our character Shay's father uh, in the hospital for weeks at a time, losing the family business and the on the verge of losing the family business our main character with the assistance of vivian pardon if i don't know her name immediately she actually only best known probably in the states as young cersei from season five of game of thrones so sweet little cute little love story a great homage to joe strummer really i don't know if he ever wanted to be idolized but hey if it's as charming as this feature was, I don't think he'd care too much. Okay, Randall. I think the problem is clear. I am a reasonable, well-educated, mature adult member of society. And, and you, you are, are a, a spoiled, spoiled heathen punk who has taken over my school. I know I can write for the Ramones. All I've got to do is get my songs to them. Fake IDs down 50%. Test answers down 60%. I want you to crash that concert. I want Randall and Rambo brought back here immediately. Do you want that? This is what we think of the Ramones. We've got to stop her! Hi, everybody.
dig in. Yeah, I want some. Oh, thanks. How many times do I have to tell you? No pizza for you, Joey. More wheat German, riboflavin'. Yeah, come on, Joey, eat. And I've just concluded a rewatch of Rock and Roll High School from 1979, featuring the Ramones primarily, and a bunch of Roger Corman's best, like uh, Paul Bartel and uh, Dick Miller show up in it. It's a uh, fun movie. There's no question about that. Um, it's just really kind of... It just feels poorly pieced together. I mean, the jokes are effective no matter how offensive they are today. This is like a PG animal house, essentially. But, you know, you can't really expect great direction from a Roger Corman movie, and especially one that's pretty much just limited to the confines of a rock concert or a high school. So, um, but it lays out the groundwork for, I'd say, movies like Toxic Avenger and uh, Class Newcomb High, maybe even the uh, Class of 1999. So, I mean, it's definitely a worth a watch for punk rock fans and definitely Ramones fans. Uh, it's fun to see Clint Howard actually get fourth billing in a movie. Maybe it was third, so it's kind of crazy there. But he's, um, you know, I'm, I'm surprised it took a lot longer for him to, well, not necessarily. I think he just, like, he's got the personality. It's kind of like, why can't he be the, um, I mean, there's so many people from Roger Corman movies in it. Uh, just your antagonist, Principal Togar, is from... Uh, Death Race 2000 is Calamity Jane and as I say the Screaming Steve character is the same guy who's the announcer for the Death Race so there's a lot of fun to be had with this movie but it's definitely just as I say it just feels very disjointed and they don't really know how to place the songs in it like they're when you have the Ramones concert and we've already had heard uh, Teen Angel Lobotomy and, you know, variants of Blitzkrieg Pop. It's kind of like, just wears on you. And could have used some more exploding mice. That's an angle in the movie. But, you know, as I say, it's just fun, goofy teenage stuff, which is actually kind of on the age-inappropriate side. So it's just kind of like a messier version of Meatballs, in a sense. So that's, um, I guess, all I really got to say. It's uh, definitely great that I got Peacock Premium because the first time I watched this movie was a dub off the local Fox channel. So those commercials will also take the energy out of you, especially with a movie this disjointed. But otherwise, I think it's a... I will say it is a great movie about rebellion. And, you know, maybe it should be prerequisite to viewing before high school just so kids have the right idea now i have to help people with my music like your family no the guy who brought you talladega nights knocked up and super bad invite you to meet dewey cox walk hard, <laughs> hard. it's the devil's music holiday season. There's a rift between the Beatles. I've got a song about an octopus. <laughs> I like the little one. Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox Story. Rated R.
And I've just finished my third watching of Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. So I have saw it back when it came out on DVD, probably the unrated version, uh, since it was Blockbuster at the time, So you and DVD, so it's obviously the disc couldn't hold two movies like the Blu-ray does now. And, I mean, this is a movie that takes absolutely nothing seriously, and really, I guess that's what I want from a musical biopic, I suppose, because, you know, a lot of performers, like, I'd say... Queen, my favorite band. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, I just didn't have the nerve to see because I've studied the band so much. And what I have seen probably the last 40 minutes, just going, visiting my parents, it's on FXM. And it's like, that's not how I remember the story being played out. So it's kind of like, I don't really want to see, you know, a romanticized version. Like, you know, give Freddie Mercury the AIDS after Live Aid. So, I don't know. Um, as for this story, in I guess Johnny Cash being such a such a legend, it's like I really just didn't want to see it touch, especially only three years after his death. So, this was kind of cathartic for me. And as I say, this movie takes nothing seriously at all. There's times where you do get a subtle mood, but it's basically just taking the exact same story that you associate with Johnny Cash and just like, and this is how ridiculous it really is. Or can be, I should say. I mean, all the performances are great. The cameos are awesome. I mean, this is the uh, kind of comedy that I could see why it wouldn't it wouldn't sell back in 2006, eh, 2007. Um, but I'm glad the uh, critics appreciated it. And this, I guess I might need to see a little more John C. Riley dramatic pieces. And yes, I do need to see Magnolia. But from a comedy standpoint, this is definitely his masterpiece. And for that alone... I think is reason enough to see the movie. The direction is solid uh, by, I believe it was James Kasdan. So it's good to see Empire Strike Back, Strikes Back even have an influence on this. And as I say, the cameos, everybody who's a Beatle is just a legend in comedy. And then you have Jack White as Elvis. I mean, it's just a fun, it's, you just sit back, have fun and ignore all the, excessive nudity you don't want to see so this is definitely a recommendation again and i look back well actually it's it packs so much story in it i might need to just put on the unrated version or the unbearingly long self-indulgent version i believe is what it's officially called just to see what else it could be it's like the temptation of always buying that Anchorman movie that was just outtakes from Anchorman. So, it's a this movie is a Pandora's box in the best possible way. Sue. Mm. She knows just what to do. Got a girl, her name's Sue. 
Look, I'm not the first guy who fell in love with a girl he met in a restaurant who then turned out to be the daughter of a kidnapped scientist, only to lose her to a childhood lover who she'd last seen on a deserted island and who turned out 15 years later to be the leader of the French underground. I know. It, it all sounds like some bad movie. Got a girl named Daisy. She almost drove me crazy. Got a girl named Daisy. She almost drove me crazy. She drove me to the east. She drove me to the west. But she's the girl that I love best. So do the fruity, oh Rudy. 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 A walk by the loop and a lot bamboo. And I've just revisited Top Secret from the Abrams, Abrams, and Zucker comedy producing directing team. And, you know, it's a fun, fun movie, which basically, I think if you, if you look at their other films, say Airplane and the Naked Gun, the gun uh, this kind of comes off as like the most silly of them all. Like it does not take time to like set up jokes it they're always present which i guess you could say is the same in uh from the pl- files of police squad or airplane but it's just that this is uh got a more intensive narrative being a film about escaping east germany with a rock star played by val kilmer uh it's kind of it rolls, it, it flows pretty quickly, so it's good pa- good pacing, and I was reading on Wikipedia that there could have been a two-hour movie, and if anything, it kind of tells me, well, maybe they could have cut out all the musical numbers, because I thought that it's just, that's how silly it gets. Like, okay, we need to have a 50s rock number here, we got to incorporate it in the 80, to the 80s, we got to it's just like, you know, they really got to do whatever they wanted with this movie, I guess, is what Top Secret is, which I think is its charm and may make it, honestly. Uh, it's not Airplane. Uh, I guess Airplane's the most solid uh, film that they directed. But I would perhaps put this ahead of Naked Gun. And it's not like, as I say, the musical numbers kind of stop the stop the flow of the film, film I guess, is my issue with them. But... Um, no, I mean, it's, you, you can't fault any of the direction in this movie. There's And there's funny scenes like an entire Swedish scene, which is actually just shot backwards with Peter Cushing. And just some great sight gags that are punchlines, essentially. Like the cave that um, Michael Goff was finishing to escape Germany with. It's... And just great, ridiculous gags like tic-tac-toe with guns and falling on grenade and seeing the inverse explosions. Like, there's there's just so much to love and laugh. You really have to watch this movie several times, which I think is probably its greatest charm. You know, Airplane you can watch and like, oh, that was fun. And, I mean, it's such a great movie with Airplane that you'll go back to it anyhow. This one demands you come back to it. So it might be the most inaccessible of the uh, Zuckers and Abrams movies. So it 
is definitely so it's a balance that you have to be patient with but the most curious thing again though is this is a 1984 movie just before pg-13 came out so you get a lot of gags and honestly with sensitive audiences i'm surprised it got the pg so but lots of fun you won't regret watching it you know, just again uh, musical numbers kind of break the flow of it and you know now that i think back to watching rock and roll high school a couple nights ago it's like yeah i guess i'm just well, I'm not not overly enthused by musicals, I suppose. No, keep moving. Like, if I want to be sold on musicals, John Wick better start singing and dancing in the next one. Perhaps that's why Ana de Almas is getting a spinoff from that series called The Ballerina. Can I hear a wahoo?